So this is No Soul, episode 48, back again, East-West Connection, joined by Mil Mascaras, apparently, See. the man in the mask. How you guys feeling? Feeling great. Feeling great. Fantastic. 76ers victory Big all win. over those Boston Celtics tonight. Dude, you James think we'll Harden. go if they get past Boston? You think they go to the finals, regardless of Embiid's injury? I'm not counting any chickens. I'm scared of Miami. Scared money. Them. Scared money don't make money. <laughs> I know. It was a nice game one win though in Boston. It was that's for we sure. Won't, we won't bore you with it, but <laughs> no, I, I mean, let's at least give James Harden his props. The man. We will, but the man of the wrestling hour. fans don't usually like sports, so. Ed's falling right, asleep well. as he's listening to this right now. He's asleep. Wait, wake wait up, till Ed. Ed. Wait till Ed gets to our Selena Vega segment on this uh, episode. He's really going to go to sleep because this no, week he doesn't like her. He don't, he don't like women's wrestling. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Mexico's greatest pro wrestlers of all time, the greatest in Mexican wrestling history, luchadors, if you will. I think it'll be um, interesting because we just covered Canadian wrestlers. Now we're going south of the border. So it's real quick no. about the Canadian wrestlers, because I hadn't seen the comments. I went back and saw uh, Mortis, our boy Mortis, Papa Spice mm-hmm. on YouTube, went in a little hard on us about uh, Kenny Omega. I didn't know mm-hmm. he was this like big Kenny Omega guy. And, um, no disrespect. Like, if he's saying that Kenny Omega is a great Canadian, I 100% agree. And I think his big beef was we said that Kenny kind of had to go to the WWE to, like, make that, like, mainstream jump, I guess. And his, To be considered um, one of the all-time greats, I think yeah, is what we said. Yeah, and his rebuttal was, oh, well, Muda and Liger. It's like, that's apples and oranges to me. Like, I think... um Kenny Omega is not in their league, quite frankly. That's my opinion. You're talking mm. about guys that were in the business for 30 years and who are trailblazers in professional wrestling. So, like, again, no disrespect to Kenny. I think he's a great Canadian wrestler, but to crown him as, like, an all-time great pro wrestler, like, I disagree with that. And the mm. thing, like, the comparison of... You know, well, Muda and Liger didn't come to the States, you know, to or to the WWE, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, And they're not all time greats like that was this thing. No, they are all time greats, but they spent 30 years. You know, Jushin Thunder Liger was a revolutionary junior heavyweight. Great Muda is one of the most emulated wrestlers in Japan and the United States, etc. Our guy that we love, Vampiro, mm-hmm. huge mark for um Great Muda. So. I just wanted to clear that up real quick. Well, you guys, so you guys are probably more uh, Kenny Omega fans than me, even. And you, Duke, might even be the biggest Kenny Omega fan out of the three of us. I don't, but I don't think I am. Uh, really, I like, I enjoy Kenny Omega for sure. Like, you know, like I look forward to him on AEW. He's probably the most interesting guy there for me. Like, hmm. but like, I'm not this like huge, you know. Kenny Omega fan that I'm gonna I'm trying to be subjective with it because I wasn't super into him during his rise but like the more and more I grew to like watch him the more I grew to like him and I do think there's something maybe generational 
about his talent that I could see with these like new school fans, how it transcends to be like, he's a goat, you know, for them, for these fans, maybe he's a goat for the modern fan. No, I, I get that. But like, I don't think he's in Liger and Muda's league personally. I just don't. That's fair. Um, Well, those guys, well, Liger, the man in the mask, you're wearing a mask. We're going to be talking a lot about luchadors. All the guys from WCW, I'm sure we'll get to that in our in our Mexico's greatest wrestlers this this episode here. But last week, really quick, I wanted to bring up because we went through stables, and that was really fun. I think we had a lot of fun talking about all those stables going down memory lane. We forgot a couple. Um, you know, I know that uh, Ed chimed in, and he's a huge, huge triple threat guy, which um, I think is fair. And we we showed them some love, but. There was that original triple threat, Frank. Do you remember? Um, it was Malenko, Shane Douglas, and I believe would that have been Candido as well? I might be getting I'm my. I'm uh, not sure. It, I think it was Benoit, wasn't it? That's I was right. Gonna say, right. I was going to say Benoit, but yeah. I didn't want to sound foolish. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to bring his name. We just up, added no, that out, Frank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I never sound foolish because John <laughs> Boy always cuts it out. I say some dumb stuff. It <laughs> Well, I'm the one brought it up, and I didn't even have the third man. But, yeah, it was Benoit Malenko. And um, I feel like that triple threat probably lasted very briefly. We talked about it last week. We think of, like, Candido. Mm-hmm. You said Bam Bam, Frank. Yep. Um, are there any uh, – well, with, with Ed, really quick, he showed love to the Horsemen, NWO, Hart Foundation being his top three, which, um, you know, I think is very respectable. Hart Foundation, very brief run. Yeah, Pop that's Spice. exactly – that's the only reason – heart foundation isn't above like dx for me or something just yep. because so short-lived they're to me i like them personally way me more too. but dx yep. you know you can't deny well that just shows you're an unbiased uh broadcast journalist <laughs> yeah exactly That's it. right there and also greg chimed in he had four horsemen obviously uh he agrees number one nwo and then dx but he had a uh, evolution and the bullet club around there on his five which i think is is fair yeah mm-hmm. Perfectly. I, I think Evolution, you know, they're super underrated, I think, in the grand scheme. I think people sleep on how epic they were for, like, that brief period of time, you know. Bullet Club that speaks for itself. It's just not something I care for Yeah, personally. Yeah. Well, I think, like, for me, like, why I crowned the Horsemen is, like, they were, like, the first, yeah. you know. Like, to be the first in pro wrestling is a big deal, in my opinion. You know, like, to say, like... Jericho, first ever undisputed champion. Like no one can ever take that from him. That big that's a big deal, you know. So like the horseman being like the first, and then everybody else just took their formula, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like favorite yeah. is subjective, even best is subjective. I'm not sitting here saying like the horsemen are the best. I'm just that's why I crown them the best because I think that they started it. And it was awesome, too. It's not like somebody just took their thing and, like, made it better. I still feel like the longevity and the talent that were a part of the Four Horsemen is undeniable. Mm -hmm. Would you guys – because we didn't really get to touch on a lot of the modern stuff because we ran so long, but um, there are so many great, like, modern factions or stables, and especially, like, in AEW alone. But um, we ran through them quick. But are there any currently that you're like super into that you actually accept and buy as like a legit stable, not just a bunch of guys thrown together? 
two that come to mind is the Blackpool Combat Club and House of Black for me, both in AEW. And both of them, I think, like, you could argue those are the two coolest teams in pro wrestling, you know, between yeah. all the companies. So I think they're undeniable. Completely agree. That's who I that's who I think of. And, of course, John's favorite, the Judgment Day. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was immediately going to go to uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Not the Judgment Day, but uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Just amazing, like you said, Duke. It's like a video game created. Yeah, um, they're so cool, man assembly of like guys we are like such fans of to start with and then it works together which isn't always easy and they're also i think in both groups like it's cool by association too because like i like buddy matthews i just hate that guy's name Mm -hmm. like i hate it it drives Mm -hmm. me crazy because i think he's cool but like i feel like him being with them definitely elevates him yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, the same thing with Wheeler Yuta. I like Wheeler Yuta. I always saw him as like a super baby face, like a Ricky Steamboat guy. He reminds me of Steamboat's yeah. son, but like they're giving him the rub too, and he's like kind of able to come out of his shell a little bit too. So I think it's not only you have like three established guys with Brian, Mox, and Claudio, but like you're bringing this other dude along for the ride and hopefully able to like rise him up too. Yeah. Would you guys, um, would you put hit row in your top three favorites? Easy. I put the fab wherever she wants to be. <laughs> I I was going to say um, one, we forgot last week that uh, it's hard because we can't cover everyone, but straight edge society was once oh, upon wow. a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah pretty... They were cool. Pretty darn. I mean, once again, cool by association. I've never been a Gallows. For sure. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. I did like Serena though. Yeah, Serena D. Yeah, mm-hmm. that worked. Um, but you know I mean... what's funny, by the way, when I was doing um like research on stables, and I still forgot to mention them. Uh, Punk had a shirt that said "I broke Big Show's hand," and that oh, yeah. was a callback to um Greg Valentine Wahoo. breaking Wahoo, which is super cool. Another reason, yeah. you know, got to get our CM Punk love in, but uh, <laughs> it took this. exactly it's five so minutes. So cool, man! Like, come on. Hey, I mean, it's topical too. Punk uh, backstage way, at Impact. Yeah, uh, dude, he's all over the place. He's man. around. He's making his rounds. He's got the itch. We'll see he's him soon. All right. Last thing on stables trivia time. Anyone listening? You two guys. Who made up the trio? We got to call it a stable because we said a trio could be a stable. Who made up the trio? Cosmic Wasteland. Cosmic Wasteland. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It's from the last 10 to 12 years. It's 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 Stardust. And um, uh, what were their names? The yeah, two I looked guys, it up because they I wore the... The one dude, Connor, it. was like the rat guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, got it. The, the Ascension. The Ascension, yeah. Good job. You did it. I would have never got I, that's something Stardust I and the brain. Ascension. That was a yep. team? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I missed that one completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, that was Stables. Check that episode out. And uh, also, before we get too far into it um, with this episode, Mexico's Greatest Wrestlers, we did an episode way back, episode 14, where we covered the cruiserweights. And that included a lot of the guys we might talk about today. Um, 
but a little bit more in depth. So if we kind of skate by some of the WCW cruiserweights or luchadors in this episode, we also covered them back then. That was fun. Uh, oh yeah, we've been going at it a while. Forty episode forty eight coming up on the big five zero soon. We'll probably be talking some more modern wrestling next week. We got backlash. WWE's got had their draft recently. They introduced reintroduced the world title. AEW's building towards double or nothing. Uh, there's just a lot going on in modern wrestling. We're going to catch up with soon, but for now, we want to talk about Mexico's greatest wrestlers, Cinco de Mayo. So we got that going for us. Happy Cinco de Mayo. What do you guys think though? Originally, um, like when I say, you know, Mexico's greatest wrestlers or like Mexico's greatest imports in the wrestling scene, do you immediately go to the obvious or is there someone right off the bat that you think uh, the listeners might not think of right away when you go like memorable, greatest, favorite Mexican wrestlers? Well, if we're talking like favorites, it's the obvious WCW era Mexican cruiserweight or whatever that they gave us. But like when I think Mexican wrestling, I think Lucha Libre, I think The Mask, you know, and there's so many legendary guys. That even like if you don't know their wrestling, you've seen their mask, Blue Demons, El Santo, our guest on the show, Mil Mascaras, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is himself, you know, like all these legendary masks. So like even if you don't know, you know, the uh the 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 actual wrestler and how they work, you know, you've seen those images all over just by chance, because that's what Lucha Libre is, right? Yeah, for sure. What about you, Duke? Who do you think of? Um, right off the bat when i just think of like wrestlers of mexican heritage right off the bat i just think of eddie guerrero honestly like Mm. when i think of i mean i can make this the case that eddie guerrero is the greatest wrestler of all time let alone the greatest mexican wrestler of all time so like when i think of canada i think of bret hart when mm-hmm. I think of Mexico, even though he wasn't born there, he's of Mexican heritage. I think of Eddie Guerrero. And then, of course, you know, you think of Rey Mysterio and you think of obviously Mil Mascaris and El Santo and Blue Demon. But like mm-hmm. when I think of if you're asking me, oh, let's talk about Mexican wrestling. I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to talk about Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I go Ray and Eddie as well, obviously. Maybe Ray a little more because he's so he's still with us, like wrestling. Yep. He's still involved in big angles. And I think he's really, he, I mean, freshly in the Hall of Fame. I think he really did have just an Been amazing Been wrestling for career. 30 years. And like hmm. Duke said about Eddie Guerrero, you, you could say, argue that Ray Mysterio is the greatest of all time. However, however you quantify <laughs> that, right? Mm-hmm. Because such a mega star super huge in mexico super huge in the united states world, worldwide you know what i mean yep. it's like like few others and then great in the ring classic matches a guy his size for the accomplishment accomplishments he's achieved you know what i mean it's kind of crazy so he has an argument i always say i always like to throw ray ray in that conversation if you talk about the greatest of all time you know because he has a very unique case and argument to make he does. And when guys nowadays, like sometimes their size will get criticized and uh, people will be like, well, Ray Mysterio did it. And it's like, yeah. Ray is the exception, though, in my mm-hmm. opinion, not the rule. Yeah. You know, it was a different thing, too, because he was like 
like you said, he was the exception. He was like the rarity. He was like the underdog, you know, like you don't yeah. want, if you have all underdogs, then it's, you know, if everybody's the same, then there is yeah. no, there's no difference, you know? So. Yeah. I was just curious, uh, you know, who, who came to mind right off the bat, but it's interesting because when you look back on the history of, you know, Mexican wrestling, Lucha Libre, professional wrestlers over there, they're known as luchadors. And uh, this has been since like the early 1930s, as far as like the research I was doing this week. And it's crazy to think just how, well, not crazy, but they treat it so seriously there. It's mm -hmm. a sport, you know, it's, it's, it's a sport and it's taken uh, with the utmost respect. I mean, you've had masks often put on the line throughout the eras, throughout the decades where, I mean, that was life or death protecting your identity. Right. And yeah. It's crazy. We're going to get into like some of the um, maybe some of the greatest masks and things like that. But some of the greatest wrestlers who who never actually revealed their identity, you know, because there are plenty that still we have no idea who they are under that mask. And I think that's pretty cool to it's carry. It's funny, that though, because you say like how how serious they treat it. But then like the style is not very serious. So it's a funny right. it's mm -hmm. a funny thing because it's very choreographed. It's very like you know it's not so like stiff i guess you know yeah. um for the it's most not part, the british but, strong style right that, like in but, london they take it seriously as well but it's different yeah but yeah i mean and it's not being disrespectful i just think it's funny that like they're so serious but then they're like watching guys you know yeah. help each other do stuff you know it's just funny yeah i mean full disclosure i've i'm, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of like the modern Lucha Libre, but I guess if you put, call it back, it probably was always that way. Although, I don't know when you really when you when you dig in, you'll see that now um, maybe it's just a tad more ballet than it is intent to to hurt or fight or mm -hmm. win. But we could we could debate about that eventually. But I do think it's definitely considered a first class event. You know, where in America wrestling is kind of like the redheaded stepchild. You know right. what I mean? Yep. But over there, it's in the newspapers, radio, TV. Yep. It's yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So, so it's it's cool to like see that there's a lot of respect carried over there. And yeah, some of these guys we mentioned earlier, Blue Demon, El Santo, these were the revolutionaries. You know, you can go back, do your Google search, or you know, if you have the ability to see any footage, it's hard to find footage of these guys. But mm -hmm. with El Santo, you have to know that I, he was basically like the Mexican Elvis from everything I've gathered. He was you know like an actor a folk hero in all he was in over 50 movies crazy el santo as el cool. santo as well yeah right. as, <laughs> wearing a mask the whole time yeah. like he's got a girlfriend so what's cool about this um when we start to do our research for these i don't know about you guys i won't speak for you but i fall into like these holes mm -hmm. and like i was very interested in el santo because he is such a big deal he's yeah. A, a superhero in mexico so like i ended up watching uh el santo and blue demon versus the monsters it was called and it's like a movie yeah and, that's uh, what i saw that like, too yeah el santo the whole time in his mask like just like it's normal behavior <laughs> like he's hanging out him and his girlfriend they're talking to her dad and like it's like all right yeah and here comes blue demon and yeah. his polo shirt and his mask but yeah, man, that guy was a megastar. Like, 
like you said, Elvis, man, like insane. Yeah, Frank, he was buried uh, in his silver mask in in one of the biggest funerals in Mexico, they say. And uh, I don't know. Got to keep it right. You got to keep the kayfabe alive. You know, that's what's what I funny. do respect about these like Lucha doors, though, especially though. I mean, even to this day, the mask is such a sacred thing. But like to be able to like commit like that to it. Oh, yeah. For life, I was watching a documentary and it was Blue Demon Jr. talking about like people think like this life is, you know, so fun and partying. He was like, I can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Because he's mm-hmm. like, I have the mask on. He's like, I'm walking around in the mask. I don't want to be seen. So he was like, so I have to go eat random places late at night. You know, it's just like, it's like an interesting, you know, thing to keep alive to this day. Yeah. And like, that's pretty like respect to them, you know, yeah. like, because that's insane, yeah. dude. Like. I always say I would never want to be famous for that reason, you know, but imagine that level too. Like, you know, blue demon staying in the hotel, like there's going to be people there like, Oh, he went in there. When we, when he comes out, we're going to see what he looks like, you know, like, so you can always be on guard protecting your identity, but it's crazy. El Santo, definitely a cultural icon there and statues made of him. And I just think it's crazy to see his five decade career, um, just like how he protected his identity identity, like we said, which is super cool. El Santo, the saint. Very uh very um, cool mask, by the way. Cool looking. Like Clean. yeah, visually just a very nice looking uh, mask. Sometimes, man. And the same could be said about Blue Demon, which I guess some people would yep. say is the second biggest legend in Lucha Libre history. And uh probably one of the more recognizable masks as well over there, simple. But yeah, he was one of El Santo's storied rivals. So they were just kind of tied, tied together, married together. And he uh, once won the NWA World Welterweight Championship mm-hmm. and uh, 40 years in the biz, Blue Demon. So El Santo, Blue Demon, really um, probably the backbone of Mexican, of Lucha Libre wrestling. You have to start there with any of them. And then through the years, there were guys like Dr. Wagner, Ray Mendoza. We haven't really watched a lot of these guys, so we're not going to comment too much on, you know, some of these legends, which unfortunately are before our time. But I did see a little fun fact with Ray Mendoza that you'll appreciate, uh, Frank, where he boxed, actually was a professional boxer under his real name, Joe Diaz. And uh, yeah, he he worked with guys like Killer Kowalski, Gran Hamada. So this guy, you know, he had a hell of a career too. Pretty cool. Yeah. And then we had and I think um, a lot of these guys too, like when we talk about you mentioned Dr. Wagner and then there's Blue Demon and Santo. The next generation of these stars is where there's more footage to look at. There's more yep. stuff to familiarize with yourself when we're talking about Hijo del Santo and Dr. Wagner Jr. and those types and Blue Demon Jr. So it's like when you get to that aspect. It shows how strong those characters were, first of all, because mm-hmm. you just made them junior and those guys are mega stars in their own right. So it's it's interesting. I actually um Blue Demon Jr., I don't know if you remember John Boyd, but he was around like when we when we were watching wrestling. Yes. He was um the NWA champion. I don't know if you remember that. The like, world champion? When they, yeah, when they brought back the NWA. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like he was the the NWA world champion for like a good amount of time too. And I remember there... being like, who's this Blue Demon Jr.? And then I like looked it up. I'm like, oh wow, like 
there are a lot a of deal, uh, you know? juniors we're going to see in this list guys that really were trained under their father's tutelage carried on the name usually like you said frankie slap a junior on it and these guys uh they're made men some of them some of them didn't go too far but well, yeah um speaking of uh so but mil mascaras we have to talk about him the man right here duke for anybody not watching vi visually here representing the mask and once again simple but uh this one specifically is cool i like this with the with the red m the gold trim uh his name translates to a thousand masks in english so i guess um i don't know though if i feel like we're going to talk about greatest masks or favorite masks i think this would probably rank lower for some people because it is so simple and like standard but i i get a mm -hmm. kick out of it i think it's cool yeah the, you think the mil muscular mask will rank low um probably uh if you if you go through his like his uh i guess uh, catalog of masks or whatever yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're pretty bait like basic when you compare them to other yeah. guys i just think they're so sick and i feel like i think of him as one of the og guys where like if you want variety in a mask think of like ray mysterio and all that like i mean mascaras was one of those dudes where everybody else is kind of doing the same mask over to death you know a lot of guys but i felt like the variety in his made him kind of unique at the time but i hear you it is a simple design yeah, this guy, I mean, he's a guy who won all world heavyweight titles in wherever he was. Uh, he did appear in WWF in the 80s yep. and then later in the 90s. Duke, you remember <laughs> him in that rumble? Yeah. <laughs> Can't he didn't that. want to do the job, so he eliminated himself. That's funny. I don't Hilarious. know if our listeners don't know or not, but apparently he was like very against like doing jobs. And I'm like, you know what, man? Here we are talking about him, you know. Yeah. 40 years later. So was he wrong? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a guy who, um, I mean, he got to work with superstar Billy Graham and MSG. He did things on a big stage. So he probably was like, look, I've, I've been to the top of the, the ladder. Also, he no was damn jobs. huge in Mexico, you know, mm -hmm. of course. He yeah. I'm huge just in Mexico. He comes here and, you know, they're not going to disrespect me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't blame him. No. <laughs> Yeah, WWE Hall of Famer as well. Yeah, yeah like the 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 weird thing where like I don't know, like guys will job if it makes sense. I think like yeah. guess what? Everybody loves Stone Cold Steve Austin. He left because he didn't want to. He didn't want to lose to Brock yeah. Lesnar, and it made sense. He didn't want to lose to Brock Lesnar on Monday Night Raw. I don't blame these guys for protecting. You know, No Masker has built this brand essentially, right? Yeah. You know, like for him to come in and just lose to like Iron Mike Sharp or whatever, no disrespect to Canada's greatest athlete, but <laughs> no, man, go for him for standing up for himself. No, you got to protect the Those the are the most successful people in the business, by the way. People yeah. that don't just take shit. Another mega star too, movie star, all of yeah, that exactly. type of stuff, just like Blue Demon and El Santo. So, you know, another Crazy, man. gigantic yep. star out there. I recommend watching these movies if you like um like old horror movies especially it gives you like that vibe they're pretty it's fun. camp campy stuff yeah. but yep. but pretty um cool when it's in black the black and white stuff with el santo was it really reminds cool me of me. uh the one that i watched remind me of an old show called um do you remember the movie wild wild west with will smith yep that was based I on remember. an old show from like the 60s 
And I've actually seen that and I ended up like enjoying it because once again, mm. it's like campy, you know, but that's what this movie kind of reminded me of. Like, it was fun. Yeah, I want to say real quick on uh, Mil Mascas. So at 78 years old, still goes to great lengths to conceal that true identity. So he's another one. Won't let you in on the uh, the secret. You got to respect it. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to go on to... Um, these next two tied together. We're going to get a little more modern in a second, but uh, Dos Caras, I think we have to mention him. The brother uh, of Mil Mascaras. Brother of way. Mil Mascaras. And the father of the man we'll mention next. But I think, uh, you know, with Dos Caras, I feel like this is a guy that started to transcend maybe much like Mill, but he he translated into the, into the, into the uh, American wrestling a bit more. You know what I mean? He actually blended the style with a more mat-based U.S. wrestling style, if you will. And some people say he's the greatest heavyweight to ever come out of Mexico for whatever that's worth. Um, 70s and 80s, those, that's when he was active. Very uh, iconic. Another one, I think, um, I don't know. What do you think about those caras, the mask? Where would you, another simple, basic one, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but sorry, no, it's all good. But I, it's another like timeless design that you just see. It's like one of those. I always say like the 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 masks that are most iconic are the ones that you could just if you're strolling through the streets of like L.A. or in Mexico and just see masks like when they sell those bootleg masks at a little shop, you always see Dos Gatas, you always see you know El Santo, you always see Blue Demon now Rey Mysterio. So it's just one of those simple because what is it like a sort of a bird phoenix type of thing on it yeah mask, yeah i'd know? yeah i'd say that with the Super wings simple, but like i think it's iconic you know, i love that mask personally me too like i prefer those masks like over all the crazy designs and stuff like i'll save my favorite for the end but mm -hmm. i do enjoy just those basic luchador masks like yeah i was always drawn to them even like um guys in like back in the day like um mr wrestling 2 Mm -hmm. like that just simple design i just think that's super cool man yeah the destroyers yeah the machines <laughs> like, the machines, i just like yeah. that simple there's other ones like i love jushin thunder lagers mask well i was gonna ask you guys about you know yeah. masks where like there's protruding yeah. they're you know. super cool you know what i mean mm -hmm. but like i'm it's, it's a different just, thing though yeah once again i think it's just a generational thing you know i mm -hmm. just like the old school and like i prefer those classy you know just classy classy and Inter simple interesting note about uh those caras teamed with dynamite kid in dynamite's final match ever in mm. wrestling in in 1996 versus mil mascaras and tiger mask i think oh, it was wow. a six man but um interesting that dynamite's well, last match was teamed with him i just saw that earlier today Dynamite looks cool. rough too yeah. i know it's it's not one you want to go back and watch that uh, to be honest it's just it's the different dynamite man yeah it's just it's sad stuff but anyways um we have to talk about uh dos caras we talked about these juniors but uh once dos caras junior we got alberto del rio more the modern uh for modern fans and this was a guy i don't know why but i like immediately just was gravitated loved this dude 
I thought he would. He looked the part. Like there were so many times where they tried to bring back like that Ric Flair, Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. like baller looking guy. You know, just mm-hmm. real well put together, classy. But this dude looked the part. I feel like he acted the part. He was convincing, and his ability. Like I think he was legitimately very good in the ring. What do you guys think of Alberto Del Rio? Dude, I was all in on Del Rio, like from the jump from the vignettes. You know, like I was hooked. I was like, oh, this guy's gonna be it. They reminded me of Razor vignettes at that time. Mm-hmm. So like that's all it took for me. And then obviously he ended up being super good. I think people have like this revisionist history of Del Rio because of yep. like whatever personal drama he's gotten himself into over the years. And like and people act like he was the worst, but that dude was so cool. And I remember popping like when he wins the belt. I remember thinking he wasn't going to win the Royal Rumble, you know, because like Santino was still in it technically or something. And I was like, if they do this, I'm walking out, you know what I mean? All types of stuff. Like Del Rio was super cool at a time when, you know, if you weren't Rey Mysterio, they were like botching every Mexican wrestler that they had on the roster, you know? So like for him to come in and get the big man like gimmick and even be in the world title scene and all that, I was like, you know, that doesn't happen for a lot of Mexican guys in the WWE anymore. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. it's interesting. I, I was going to say real quick, Duke, and then yeah, I'll sure. jump to you. But um, uh, with Del Rio, originally the Dos Caras Jr., the persona there, worked more with the MMA, like luchador style in Mexico and Japan. So he had like this legit, I guess, element to him as well that maybe, you know, translated for for people who are fans of that style. He just, like I said, looked the part, acted the part. And he would take? fight in that mask, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, very great insane yeah super cool though but i think um i think it is a little bit of a revisionist history i think it's like you know he he had some outside of the ring issues so everybody hates him now um i think even back then though like i was always into him i thought he was super cool i i remember he won the wwe title and i was like he makes that ugly belt yeah look good yeah that's incredible like we talk about all the time you can't teach charisma that dude had it like i know people don't like him i know people didn't like him then though man i think it was like 50 50 honestly among like my friends like mortis shout out to mortis hated del rio that's we used to pick um names out of the hat and he had del rio when he won that 40 man Royal Rumble. And Greg <laughs> yeah. was like, he won and he didn't even want it. Like, he was <laughs> he didn't so even want it. mad. Like, yeah, he, so he always despised him. But I, yeah, I liked him, man. I, it's a shame. Like, obviously, I don't even know what happened. I know he's involved with some stuff, but I definitely, well, yeah, I think it's, I think it's revisionist history to the fullest extent um, with like fans that are, uh, at least on the internet, because they won't even give his, his run any like love or attention and i mean he's definitely not the first guy in in you know humanity's history to to, like have some mess ups especially not in pro wrestling history there's been plenty of guys that uh you know their legacies still remain intact but here's a guy basically i mean the first mexican born world champion in wwe history Mm -hmm. um i mean we're talking about world heavyweight champion twice royal rumble winner the 40 man royal rumble like you said duke the money in the bank uh he won both of those in the same year royal rumble and money in the bank in yeah. 2011 only guy yeah, only professional wrestler the moon. yeah Crazy. only professional wrestler ever to do that and um 
you know, I think it's unfair. I remember watching Bret Hart backstage with him and he like kind of christened him the Mexican Bret Hart. And this was our, I was already in on Del Rio, but when, you know, when mm-hmm. you get that, I'm, I'm <laughs> extra, I'm extra in. I feel like, um, yeah, Del Rio needs to at least be appreciated for his body of work. If we can appreciate Benoit's body of work, which we did on the Canadian episode, you certainly got to show love to uh, Del Rio. And I think, uh, one thing I found interesting, it was that in 2010, he was on one of those shows like NXT or something like that, the game show type of uh, thing WWF was doing. And he, uh, I think it's something that happened where he got like a lot of criticism from people back in Mexico because he revealed his identity. He took the mask off mm. and pers- and pursued a career in the WWE with his, you know, unmasked face. And that got him a lot of heat back there, apparently. But um, mm. yeah, wanted to show some love to Del Rio and... Yeah, we're talking right now about greatest Mexican wrestlers, uh, Lucha Libre, if you will. And like you said, Duke, a lot of these moves are orchestrated in the ring. They're like more airborne. Where Like American wrestlers, they're going to focus more on, like we said, mat work or stiff stuff. But uh, I think it's something with like with the Mexican wrestlers, like the acrobatic stuff. It always got the crowd hot and it always was a great way to start the show. You know, and I do want to talk about you know, some of the, if we can quickly, like some of the luchadors in WCW that we would watch on Monday nights. And we gave credit to Bischoff last week. I feel like we always give him props for his infusion of the cruiserweights. But you guys will both remember, obviously, ECW had a little taste of uh, some of these same wrestlers on their programming, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about psychosis and guys like that. Not even not just psychosis and Ray Ray, obviously. I think even Hoovy was over there briefly. But then guys like Super Crazy, who yeah, were kind of jumping around everywhere, who made his name in ECW. Yeah. Um, you know, it, that's what made ECW so special. Bischoff and them get the credit because they had those cruiserweights on every week for you know quite a long time, and so there were so many dudes over there. But ECW really brought those guys into the states yep. and even got them to WCW specifically psychosis and Rey Mysterio you know what I mean yeah. and like the rest awesome. is history between those two guys yeah it's yeah. funny because like in WCW I wasn't big on psychosis like he mm-hmm. didn't he was never one that I looked forward to but his match with Ray in ECW was incredible like mm-hmm. he had probably had a couple matches I don't I don't know but that's yeah, that was my first exposure um was it I don't know. I watched that Worlds Collide thing. I don't know if that was that was probably before that. Hmm. But definitely uh you know, we said you know, I think Bischoff gets a lot of flack, but um I think he did do things right and stealing the top talent from ECW was smart, you know, because yeah. he took them and That's put what the them promoters on do. in front of millions of people and uh I mean I mean, I remember like my brother would like just he would look forward to those matches. Shout out to Scrap. <laughs> he would look forward to all those like, oh, my God, you see what these dudes are doing? You know, like he never saw that before. Also, yeah. real quick about Lucha Libre. I got news for you, man. American wrestling now has taken from Lucha Libre. That's oh, why we 100%. have all this like hybrid style now. Like that came from Mexico. Make no bones about it. Mexico and Japan. Yeah, it's all over the programming nowadays. You see so much uh, influence from the Lucha Libre. 
but yeah, so psychosis I, maybe wasn't as like um, I guess technically sound or whatever, but he did give you like some of those like oh my god moments or some of those really nice high spots, the dives. I think he, I don't know. I always think back to him, uh, one of the first guys when I think about the WCW cruiserweights, and obviously CW oh, sure. super mm-hmm. super crazy is a good mention as well. Yeah. Uh, that moonsault was a thing of beauty. And uh, these guys actually did end up, you know, working together in WWE later on as the Mexicools, which was really ridiculous, embarrassing. And psychosis didn't last long. Disrespectful, racist. Do I need to go on? But cool dudes, which I think Mortis mentioned in the comments. (laughs) He's like a cool group of guys, but like super cool. One of the worst. uh, Yeah, they they didn't show them respect. Yeah, at all. Yeah, we talked about it before. They fucking put them out on lawnmowers, Lawnmowers, dude. Like, come on, man. Moving to Guerrero with the other the other part of that, and I think you know, yeah, when you saddle guys or a guy or a girl with a gimmick, like. The first gimmick is is such a lasting impression. Like, how are they going to escape that, right? I mean, yep. it was well, silly, but they did though. I mean, Hoovy, well, super crazy, still... did. Yeah, I mean, Hoovy definitely did though. Hoovy was still Hoovy was on AEW. What, like two years ago? Yeah, not even. You know? Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Whenever it was, um, he looked good. Yeah, and like, let's not just gloss over WCW's cruiserweights. Oh no, we're gonna get to them because, no. like, yeah. I mean, La Parca. Um, Silver King always loved Silver King, Hector Garza, RIP Hector Garza. Um, RIP Silver King, I believe, right? Yeah, RIP Silver King, RIP Silver King. Yep, like just recently within the past couple years. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, all dandy, super callow, all the pianos. I was never a fan of, uh, (laughs) I think, um, you mentioned Ray Mendoza earlier. I'm pretty sure he was. Uh related to the vianos he was there what was he their dad or was he their brother uh i believe was it him that had um i have to ch- double check on that but i think mendoza either he was their father okay i have to check it on that but, but um, i mean yeah, so one... many awesome luchadors at that time like introduced us to a whole new world as American wrestling fans who didn't, you know, tape trade or anything like that, like seeing all mm-hmm. this stuff for yeah. the first time, like super cool. And um, I want to point out a big one that we kind of glossed over, not even we kind of skipped before we get into too much of the modern stuff is Pedro Aguayo as well. Mm-hmm. You know what yep. I mean? Because yeah. For he was probably the, one of the bigger heels of the day, yeah. you know, or a, a Rudos, Rudos as they talked to him. Yeah. Big feud with Conan, but big beef with Santo before that, you know, yep. like it's just a lot of hair versus hair matches that he like popularizing. He was a blood and guts type of wrestler as well. Yep. So, you know, something Brutal. different that Santo and Blue Demon and stuff weren't exactly doing. Right. But Aguayo kind of had that. Yeah. Neat. Well, I was going to yeah, mention he was, eventually. He was uh, on my list, Pedro Aguayo. Yeah, Pedro Aguayo Jr., though. I was going to get to him oh, as well, yeah. only because that's another junior and yeah. uh, unfortunately had tragic, tra- tragic death yeah, in – uh, in the ring, which is really, really rough. But I mean, he, this guy was a pretty significant draw in Mexican mm-hmm. professional wrestling and uh, did work with Hector Garza, Mystico, who was mm-hmm. Sincata. So, um, yeah, we had to mention that's a good one because I was going to at least talk about Junior, but the OG, Pedro Aguayo, Real also. Quick, um, about Pedro Aguayo Junior, um, mm-hmm. I was watching an interview with uh, a guy you guys might be familiar with, Vampiro. Mm-hmm. He was I've also heard of him. huge in Mexico. <laughs> and 
they asked him about Perro Aguayo Jr.'s death, and I'm not making light of this or laughing at this. I'm laughing at Vampiro being full of crap. He said that, yeah, well, I saw like probably eight or nine people die in the ring or backstage. Yeah, that's on brand. Typical Vampiro fashion. On brand with Vamp right there. Oh, man, I love him so much. Huge Um, star in Mexico, though. Huge. Yeah, he of was, course, though, we bro. No, I, know, I, know, I know he was. Dude, there's I comic up... books. There's Vampiro comic yeah. books and Conan comic books. You know what I mean? So I El Vampiro like I said, Canadiense. Yeah. yeah, like I said, going down these rabbit holes. You know, I always fall into these Vampiro traps. Ended up watching four hours of him, but yeah, man, big deal there, dude. Mm-hmm. Viano Five, by the way, is uh, the son of Ray Mendoza. Oh, okay. is so, Hector Mendoza? Good call. Uh, Ray Mendoza. Is it Hector Mendoza? Is that his name? Oh, his real name? Uh, Viano yeah. 5, yeah, is... No, he's Ray Mendoza Jr. Oh, Ray Mendoza Jr., okay. Yeah. I feel um, like Tanae said that once or something. I feel like that's why I know it. The professor, shout out to Iron Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he's a big listener, Iron Mike. Yep. Um. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know, with some of these legends, it's interesting because it's it's easy to like for me, I guess I didn't think of this next guy as a Mexican wrestling legend when we started to research the show, but then I was just going through all my like golden years of WWF and WWE and all, and I'm like, oh yeah, how how do you not talk about Tito Santana? Oh yeah, Chico. Chico doesn't come to mind right away because I guess yeah. just his his thing is underappreciation. You know, yeah. I just feel like for whatever reason, and look, he wasn't the most, I guess, um, what would you say, like glamorous guy? Like he was he was no frills. Mm-hmm. But if you watch any, just pick a random 1985-86 WWF show on the network. And if he's on the show, guarantee you he has the best match. I guarantee you he has yeah. the best match, the most exciting match on the card. Bat, you know, had battles with Rick Martel, was teammates with Martel, Greg Valentine, who you mentioned a minute ago. Um, IC champion, Hall of Famer, Tito. Tag team champion. Tag team champion. And also, though, I guess, Frank, this gets into the thing. ECW Born champion. Yeah. Eastern championship. Yeah. But uh, born in Mission, Texas. So we get into that thing where it's yeah. you know, Wait a Mexican minute. heritage. He's not from Tacola, Mexico. <laughs> Sorry, man. Get liars, man. Now, but there's some guys like you know, we were talking about this pre taping. It's just like, yeah, it's like you're Mexican though. Like Eddie Guerrero's Mexican. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we know, we know he was born in the States and all that, but you're Mexican descent. You're, yeah. you're stars I mean, over there, you're heroes to those people as well. So. He he made his name in Mexico too. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the reason that Paulie saw him, him and Art Barber raising hell in Mexico. Yeah. That's another one too. Like he's not Mexican, but like shout out to Art Bar because yeah. like that dude had a profound, profound effect on Eddie Guerrero. The yeah, reason that he did, I think he brought out the attitude in Eddie, and he's the reason that Eddie did the best frog splash in the history of professional wrestling. The love machine. Art Bar, Art Bar, one of the uh, I think you know. Maybe, I don't want to say missed opportunities, right? Like as far as uh, potential, but really was like lightning in you a bottle. You know what's funny? He was in WCW. Did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah. He was. Beetle- he had like a like a beetle. Yeah, he had the bandana yeah. and all that stuff. Sure, sure. 
Yeah. It's funny. Um, yeah, but with Tito, uh, so we mentioned like the Mexicals and like the insensitive gimmick and whatnot. What do you guys think of, I mean, Frank, this is well after your time, but like the El Matador gimmick when they rebranded Tito as El Matador, you know, that's a thing they would do back then. They would take a guy and like yeah. literally forget their name yeah. and all, and give them, it's the same guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got a ponytail, just different tights, different gear. They're rebranding and repackaging him, cool which can gear, work though. for, yeah, they can work for some guys. The gear was cool. Um, <laughs> it was a bullfighter though. For anybody that doesn't know that. Matador. He was a bullfighter. Yes. <laughs> what do you think of that one? Frank, what do you think of that gimmick? Well, you know, it's of the time, right? Super cliche, whatever. He was a Spanish dude, so they were like, all right, well, you have to be a matador. It doesn't yeah. shock me. For Tito, though, you know, he was so bland. That was his thing, so it gave him some kind of yeah, flair, you know, at least in his look, at, in the very least. But, you know, did it – I mean, it wasn't – is it memorable in ways, I guess? It's more memorable than just trying to think of Tito Santana – you know, the man, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty silly. A little pop of color for the yeah, El Matador, pink and green. the green, the pink. I thought yep. his outfit was super cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I, you know, because by this time, I'm kind of like a teenager by then, I think. So I was like, it's Tito Santana. Like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Like, like you said, John, we're supposed to just forget, mm-hmm. you know, that he was Tito Santana. Also, a funny thing, because I watched, uh, Triple A when worlds collide in preparation for this. Tito Santana teamed up with Two Cold Scorpio and Chris Benoit. Oh. In a six man tag team match. Yeah. Like how Whoa. random is what that? What are we what <laughs> are we calling that team there? That's right. wild. Yeah. That's also um Los Gringos Locos, Eddie Guerrero, uh Art Bar. Can you name mm-hmm. the third man? Uh, was it John? No, not Johnny Ace, right? What year would this be? It was 94, I think it was. WCW? It was, no, no it was a AAA show. But WCW, mm. I think, had talent there. And uh, like Chris. I'm Cruz not Googling it, today, but um, would, would it be Brad Armstrong? No, it was okay. Madonna's boyfriend, a.k.a. Louis Spicoli. Rest in peace. Louis Spicoli. Louis Spicoli. Uh, dude, Louis uh, Spicoli's involved in more random it's like crazy, wrestling right? knowledge than like yeah. most dudes. That was Scott Hall's buddy, too. Yeah. Well, he's a guy that Spicoli would do jobs in like 88, 87 WWF prime <laughs> golden years, then like yeah. 93 gold, uh, new generation, then ECW. He's here, he's yeah. there. Yeah. Very, Rad yeah, Radford. you're right, Frank. WWF. Right. Very random. <laughs> Um, but I did want to mention Tito and I want to do a little, you know, couple from the past and a couple from the new current day, just play it off of, um, the old and the new, but Tito, we talked about there. I want to mention, uh, a guy who, you know, potentially uh, just based on potential, I think we would all circle as a, um, future champion, maybe we're going to see where it goes because this has been a stop and start with Andrade Cien Almas, mm. Andrade El Idolo. Idolo, a third generation pro wrestler. So this guy, I feel like he's another one. Like I watched the Soraya biography the other night and uh, 14 years old, you know, she's debuting Andrade. Same thing. 14 years old, working under the name uh, Brill- Brillante Jr. 
which is, you know, it's crazy. 14 years old, flipping around there, spent eight years in CMLL and then WWE in 2015. That's what I'm talking about. And NXT winning that title. I think he looked the part once again. Um, I think it's just look, it's sad, but true. Just call it like it is like sometimes the language barrier in American wrestling fans, it will yeah. stop the momentum. Is that gotta be, yeah. that's gotta be what it is with Andrade, right? I think, I think so. Especially when you look at his most recent run, which was AEW mm-hmm. because like he was a top guy in Mexico when he signed with AEW and it's just like, he's trying to cut the promos and I give him credit, you know, like he's out there, he's trying his best. He wants to talk, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to get through sure. he, even as, as somebody who like can get broken in Spanish English, you know what I mean? And like, I know what he's trying to say and I'm with him the whole time. It's like, I can imagine people who, who aren't, you know, and it's every time he cuts a promo, man, it's just rough. And he's like, he could be like the coolest dude in the company. When he was in AEW, mm-hmm. he was one of my favorite guys, you know, yeah. there. And I always, I would always, I list guys always go like, oh, so-and-so is the next Eddie Guerrero. He does this. He's the next Eddie Guerrero. And the only guy I ever gave kind of a little bit of credit stylistically was Andrade, just because mm-hmm. like I saw things in him with like potential, you know, like as he kept getting better, as the programs kept getting bigger, which unfortunately for him kind of didn't always happen in the States, whether it was WWE or AEW, you know? So he's a guy I always saw having that potential and, you know, we never saw it play out, but I think he's super cool. And unfortunately he just can't talk. He needs a mouthpiece, but he wants to be that guy. So it's, it's a tricky spot. Well, yeah, Rick Flair's, um, Rick Flair's, you know, um, son-in-law. So you would yeah. probably want to emulate your father-in-law the best you can, or you think you would sit under the learning tree, but, um, yeah, the presentation, oh, he always looks so cool. Even the mask he comes out in and it mm-hmm. takes it off. But what were you going to say, Duke? No, I just think it's funny, like, because people will listen and they'll be like, oh, why doesn't he just learn English? It's like, why don't you learn Spanish, bud? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. see how easy that is, you know? Like, that always bothers me when it's like, speak English when it's like someone from another country. It's like, mm-hmm. learn a language overnight. Let me mm-hmm. let me see how easy it is. Like, you know, well, not only learn the language, I, it's also learn the language and then be a convincing American heel. Like yeah, it's one thing right. to recite American English words, but then you're like, now you got to be a convincing heel and believe what sure. you're saying. And he's probably trying mm-hmm. to like really put it together in his head. Yeah. And I, I, my rebuttal would be put a manager with them, which they did, mm-hmm. you know, like, but that's why I'm very high on not to skip ahead of current superstars, but Santos Escobar, because mm-hmm. no, yeah, bring I him think up. that dude's super good in the ring. Um, He can talk perfect English. Like he's got like, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I think he's so cool. Like he's definitely got like the it factor. Yeah. I'm hoping that like by putting Ray with them, they see something with him to like raise like trying right. to give them the rub they just um got drafted to smackdown that whole crew so i'm okay, hoping were they, that were they not on smackdown they were but they were but like ray was on raw so like the lwo is now on smackdown so like gotcha ray being away from dominic now like i'm i'm hoping that i'm sure eventually right like santos is probably going to turn on him that's where we're yeah, going with yeah. this but i mean i'm just such a big fan of that guy and i think that he could be I don't know, man. I think he's really good. I loved him in NXT, and I'm hoping that they do something with him. 
I hope they get a chance, you know, because like it's very cool. And apparently, like the last their tops merch sales of the last few weeks was the LWO shirts. Wow. You know what I mean, which is, yeah. you know, a good sign. Yeah. I mean, they've just been job guys since they put did on the LWO shirts. Did you see that new shirt? Did you see the Puerto Yeah, Rico I did. One? I did. I yeah. think they botched it, though. I think they botched it. How they did they? They should have. They got too cute. They should have just had the red, white, and blue, and it would have been fine. They tried to do the actual like direction the Puerto Rican flag goes. Oh, it, looks okay. little, it looks a little goofy, but I might yeah. still get it. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, like, listen, even if uh, Santos does turn on Ray Ray, it's like whatever. Yeah. Let him still lead the LWO. It'd be a proper LWO at that point. You know, and I mean? they so could. I just mean, good guy faction. They could probably have a. A good match too. Those no, two for guys. sure. It's like for Ray sure. can still go, man. Mm-hmm. They can take that um, sort of, like you said, maybe him turning on Ray and being like the new leader or whatever, kicking the old man out of the group type of thing. Yep. I could see that happening. That'd be cool. Yeah. Santos Escobar, I I see it. Um, he's got a classiness about him. Like he respects the game. I feel yeah. like he's he brings a cool uh, sort of like prestigious element to it. I know his father also a former uh, Mexican wrestler. But um, yeah, that's a good one. I also want to bring up for at least the current day really quick, um, two of your guys' favorites, no doubt about it. Uh, Frank, you and I saw them unexpectedly win the Ring of Honor tag team titles live mm-hmm. and in the flesh. Uh, the brothers, the Lucha brothers, Ray Phoenix, Penta, yeah. Alzera, Mero. I, I, this is just me being ignorant i actually didn't know they were legit shoot brothers did you guys know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah i didn't know um <laughs> because i mean it's it's the story it's a storied family it's not just those yeah. two but what do you guys think of um their brand of i mean because they bring the the lucha but also that gritty mm-hmm. death match type of vibe lucha mm-hmm. underground that if you ever seen their stuff in there it's very violent Pentagon had a good match. Who did who did he face? <laughs> Vamp. Vampiro. Great is one of the great matches of all time. People should look it Last up. Story. Steve Listen Austin. To Steve Austin. Yeah. Stone Cold will tell you that. Um, no, but, but yeah, listen, but... dude, Go the ahead. Lucha Brothers, amazing. Like Lucha mm-hmm. Libre, modern day Lucha Libre. Like yep. they like to me, you know, we'll let time go, but like to me, they're all time greats, you know, like as far as Lucha Libre is count, especially tag team Lucha Libre too. They won the belts everywhere minus WWE, you know, like every major wrestling promotion they've had the titles. Like Tucci said, we saw them win their ROH titles, which was like a super shock and adds prestige to those belts as well. I love those guys. I love Pentagon. Love. He's one of the ones like I love his mask. I think it's super sick mask. Everything mm-hmm. about like the aesthetic is sick. He's cool. Yep. He engages with the crowd. And then Ray Phoenix is just like this next level. You know, when people uh, uh, like I said with Eddie Guerrero, everybody's trying to compare the next Eddie Guerrero. Everybody always say the next Ray Mysterio. And I look at Ray Phoenix as like mm-hmm. a guy who leveled up what Ray Ray did for all those years. You know, like Ray's the goat. You know, Luchador and all that. But Ray Phoenix like. Every time I watch him, especially if you get to see him live, it's like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, Race Phoenix is, is revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. Like this guy is something else, you know. Yep. I would but agree with that. is one of my favorite current wrestlers. Like yeah. he's he might be my favorite wrestler in AEW. Crazy. Like legit. I like him that much. When we we always talk about like guys we never cheered against and stuff like that dude i love him man i'm just yeah. drawn to that guy from day one when i saw him like i never cheer against him i think he's super cool like you said his mask and then he paints his face mm-hmm. underneath 
they're mm-hmm. good. They're they bring that luchador style, but like you said, John Boy, like they're tough as shit too. Like Penta has been in like these hardcore matches and stuff. He was awesome in Impact, so definitely a good mm-hmm. call bringing those guys up. Yeah, yeah. I think um, just maybe you're drawn to to Pentagon a little more to Ray Phoenix. I think Phoenix is um, like you said, revolutionary. But he's also sustained some nasty injuries that he came mm-hmm. back from. He he's just as tough as Pentagon in a different oh, way, yeah. I guess. You know, no, for like, sure. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to discount his toughness or anything. No, yeah, both of them for sure. But yeah. the, the battles with the Bucks and um, among others, like just revolutionary. And I think you're right, Frank. When you look back on like the 2020s, I guess we'll call it. Like you're going to say greatest tag teams mm-hmm. of that decade. For sure, them at the Lucha Brothers and maybe even uh, of the 2000s, you know, I mean, they made a mark like in a time where you have their tag team division stacked in AEW. Mm -hmm. They always seem to like bounce back and come back to that uh, sort of main main uh, event level. Yeah, I always keep them in that conversation, too, because we everybody gets caught up in FTR or the Young Bucks specifically. You know, and I always throw the Lucha Bros in there because I'm like, man, they've had bangers with the Young Bucks every time they're in the ring. They had a whole seven series matchup with basically the Young Bucks and, you know, the Lucha Bros just because it's always a hit. So, like, and I've seen a couple of their classic matchups live, you know, when it's whether it's a double or nothing or the finale of that seven match trios tournament. And it's just like those dudes are just so amazing that it's like when people like don't put them right up there with FTR and the young bucks, I think it's almost like a slap in the face. Cause those dudes are legit. They always the have good matches against mm-hmm. everyone. Put mm-hmm. them with anybody. They always have a good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like brand, I guess you could say of Lucha wrestling, that style. Um, to me, it, it maybe because they bring that like hardcore tough element, like that completes the package for me. Like they're mm-hmm. not, they're not out there being, even though, phoenix is so graceful like they always seem like they're just like impactful and mm-hmm. they're great i'm with you guys penta by the way um well i guess with with Pac, they've been trios champions tag team champions so decorated for sure but um penta his real name is not a matter of public record you can't you can't wow. find out who he is so he's protecting the That's uh the private wow. life it's a Super it's a cool. secret but um Let's talk about phone calls here. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about, um, I mean, we mentioned that the LWO is back and, you know, whether you like it or not, they do have the current highest merch sales, which is crazy. Uh, What do you guys think of the other guys in the group though? The the Joaquin Wild, Bruce Del Toro, Zelina Vega, who's getting a, I actually don't mind Selena Vega. (laughs) I actually don't mind. I don't know if she should be getting a women's title shot, but I don't mind Selena Vega. I think she serves a purpose. Um, but the other two dudes in the group, you know, listen, they could be cooler guys. Maybe, you know, maybe this team will get cooler as it goes, but they just reek coolness with, uh, with Santos and Ray Ray. So it's mm-hmm. all good to me. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ray, I mean, we, we kind of glossed over Eddie G and Ray, but we do have to talk about these guys. Um, I feel like with Ray, it's interesting because, he we talk about like you immediately go to the height but he kind of makes you forget it like it's not his thing anymore like when you watch a ray match you kind of don't even remember that he's five three or whatever like Mm -hmm. he's he's allowed you to forget it with how great he is but would you say i think we had this conversation on our cruiserweights episode would you say he's the most famous modern mexican wrestler 
I think so. Ray Ray? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's probably the most famous Mexican wrestler, period, now. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now. Like day, I, man. You know, like I think he surpassed who because who was it before? Was it Santo? You know I what would I mean? Say so, or was right. it Neil Moscas? You know what I mean? One of them guys that's like that was of a different era. You know what I mean? But like if we're talking about worldwide mass right. appeal, international yeah. flavor, like exactly. I think Ray I, I, I think Ray's famous. probably a household name at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. It is yeah. crazy. People know Ray Mysterio. I don't know if it's because yeah. I'm the listen, I live in LA, yeah. you know, so Southern California, there's lots of Mexican <laughs> yeah. folks. So, but like you even when I notice when people don't know wrestling, but you could say Ray Mysterio and it's just like yeah, he's just another person, like Hulk Hogan was, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ray Mysterio is kind of like that for modern day. And Ray know, was around thing. during the biggest time in wrestling, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, that could be that, too, you know? Like, yeah, when when everybody was watching wrestling back in the 90s, um, the mid-90s, like, it, he, yeah, I think he's, he may be the most popular now at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the ultimate underdog, we talked about that earlier, but I feel like with Ray, it was jaw-dropping stuff. We talked about Ray Phoenix, too, being, like, revolutionary, but when you watched a Ray Mysterio match in 1995, you know, you were seeing stuff, at least in American, that we never got a taste of, and it was just, once again, the charisma, magnetic charisma. Sort of looked like a little boy when he started off, like he was so small, but he would Mm -hmm. eventually fill out, like, his, his... you know, his he's, he got a little bigger, and especially in WWE when he went there in 2002, he was really a lot bigger. And I know yeah. that's the land of the giants, but it, it did help kind of um, like in his feuds with Kurt Angle and um, even his matches with Eddie G and WWE. And you can go down the line, Jericho, CM Punk. There's so many great Rey Mysterio feuds and matches, but um, it was always so believable despite his size. And I'd say he's got to be the greatest high flyer like when you say high flyers forget about just luchadors or mexican heritage like high flyers ray's got to come to mind right also i think like you mentioned like i think he had a believability about him even though like he was a smaller dude he would get like thrown around but like he would get up you know it's like that weird um i'm trying to like uh I'm trying to think of a current guy like that, like a smaller guy that has like a believability about him. Darby. Um, yeah, Darby's there you good. go. Darby. Perfect. There you go. Like, I believe Darby can take an, a, a butt whooping, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I, I thought that about Ray too. And uh, like he would get up and he would, and like we talked about on the cruiserweight episode, we, I'm pretty sure we crowned him as like the ultimate cruiserweight even, didn't we? Of course. Yeah. 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 So like, I mean, the guy has transcended divisions. Like he's, he's been in WrestleManias. He's been, he's held all these titles. He's a world champion. Whoever saw that coming. Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely think you can make the case that he's the greatest luchador of all time. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about like some of the memorable matches, Ray matches specifically. And I mean, you know, Lucha Libre specifically, but Ray has a lot of them, obviously, especially for us as guys who watched his whole career. Um, let's talk though, real quick about the Guerreros, the patriarch of the legendary Guerrero family is gory. I think he left a legacy, a pretty profound legacy because we, he spawned obviously some of the greatest, you know, obviously there was Eddie Guerrero eventually, but let's talk about the fact that he invented the camel clutch, something I 
I guess didn't realize this is a man who not only the gory special, but the camel clutch, an innovator, worked Luthez at one point. This guy was top of the line. And I think people who who know about the original, the the patriarch Gory Guerrero, they will say probably he was every bit as good as Eddie for their generation, for their time. You know, mm-hmm. like we appreciated Eddie. So you got to give love to Gory. And um, obviously we had Chavo, nephew Chavo, which will come later. And with Chavo, you guys um, never were really on board with Chavo, WCW, WWE, not even for you, Frank, when he teamed with Eddie G and WWE, or were you coming around on Los Guerreros? I came around. Los Guerreros, I, I enjoyed, you know, and I, I enjoyed. But, like, that's Ed, that was always Eddie's team, and Chavo was the other guy in the team, you know, so, like, that's why I, why I loved him. Um, I was never a Chavo guy, though, like, on his own. I thought he was fine, and I think Chavo was, like, I think Chavo gets way caught up in his family's name, you know, that like he starts thinking he's something, you know, like he starts thinking like he's a proper legend, you know, because I like almost every other Guerrero family member more than Chavo, you know, mm. so like his dad mm. included. So, you know, I don't know. Chavo classic. Chavo classic. Even Chavo classic. Yeah. Old man Chavo classic was funny, at least to me. Unlike Chavo. Funny. So like I respect Chavo, you know, and obviously him and Eddie as a tag team, I got a lot of good years out of them in the WWE, but, uh, I was never really a Chavo fan on his own. So I'm the only one then probably that really liked Chavo. I think Matt work wise, like when you talk about some of those guys that were like Benoit, Malenko, um, Guerrero, obviously, I think Chavo is just like a notch below, obviously, but I think he was technically sound. I'm just talking about his ability, like forget his personality. I thought he was very crisp. Like, I do think he was a really good wrestler. Chavo was. That's just yeah, no dandy. <laughs> nah, well, who is? Yeah, who is? No, I mean that's that's fair to say. You know, yeah. like he was a solid guy. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Like, but I'm with you, Frank. Like, yeah, I like Los Guerreros too. You know why? Because he teamed with Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I got to see Eddie Guerrero work, and um, hmm. I I want to shout out Hector Guerrero yeah. because he was the first wrestling match I ever watched. Hector nice. Guerrero. And um that's funny. I remember thinking like how cool the stuff that he did was cuz like once again this is like 1985, I don't know, whatever the year was and like this guy's doing like backflips off the top rope and like I remember him like rolling around the ring and stuff and just being like what is this? This is mm-hmm. so cool, you know? And like I got to meet him, which is super cool for me like as a wrestling fan to go like full circle and meet the guy that, you know, was the first match I ever saw. And um, it's a shame because Hector really didn't have, um, you know, the charisma, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like he used to come out with like, um, you know, the Mexican hat, the sombrero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. But then like they even repackaged them. They put them in a, in a mask as a laser Tron. I don't know if you guys remember laser tag. Mm-hmm but he would come out oh, and yeah. put the laser tag thing on. But the issue with Hector, Hector, I felt like uh, he always looked like an older man, even yeah. though he was like 
not, you know, and it's Eddie kind of did too until he shaved that mustache. Dude, Eddie like, looked just like Hector, man. When I was going to say first, that. They look similar, yeah. When I first saw Eddie Guerrero on Nitro, I was like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. wow, he looks like his brother. Like, couldn't believe yeah. it. But yeah, man, I want to shout out Hector because that's, I mean, well, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I saw, you know, the Hulkster a little bit after that. So I'm sure I would have still been watching wrestling, but first <laughs> match I ever watched. Hector Guerrero. That's really funny. Yeah, and I, I, I just want to wrap it up on the Guerreros before we get to Eddie, but with Chavo once again. Um, I do think some of that earlier stuff in WCW with Eddie and Chavo, like they did play off each other pretty damn well. Like all the mm-hmm. stuff when, you know, Chavo was, you know, sort of over the top and going out of his mm-hmm. mind, but like the comedy stuff, bringing in the mom and like they had a lot of great skits, you know. It's some of the more uh, memorable storyline stuff in that cruiserweight division that they were doing in WCW. And I I, my thing is, like, I think Chavo is also, um, he seems like a swell guy. Like, he seems mm-hmm. like a pretty nice dude, sure. despite his recent, you know, rants, whether that was <laughs> working or shooting, who knows. Listen, but, man, uh, I, I get that. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Like, yeah, the guy's salty that he's not his biggest star. Let's yeah, be yeah, honest. Yeah. You know, like, jealousy is a, it's a bad thing, uh, man. You maybe, know, like. Maybe. I don't know. That's for sure. Why why else would he say that? And to me, like, Ray was as much a brother, a family member to Eddie that then Chavo was. But he he wasn't, though. You know, like, like he was not blood and Chavo being his nephew. They shared a lot of close. Guess what? Blood is blood, but I consider you guys my brothers. Mm -hmm. And our friends become our chosen family. Yeah. And I would do anything for you guys. And that has nothing to do with blood. For those who don't know, Chavo on Twitter kind of was going off on Rey Mysterio for doing a little bit too much Eddie Guerrero tribute, I guess, for his yeah. taste. And he said that they're all good. That he, he'll, you know, they could keep the name alive without, you know, Ray Ray's help. But I think of, we mentioned it. I think of all the people, Ray Ray gets the pass. If this Absolutely. is if this is you know insert yeah. any other current wrestler you know even if they are a Mexican guy or not yep. it's like okay maybe Chavo has the right but I think Duke is right it's a little bit of sour grapes because the guy who's on the big scale show WrestleMania doing the tribute to Eddie is not Chavo it's right. Chavo Chavo would kill to be in that spot you know what I mean Chavo it's, wasn't in the tribute match with Shawn Michaels yeah it exactly was Rey it was Rey Mysterio you and know, I think like, I, I think he there's like a little butt hurt to Chavo because Chavo does fancy himself a wrestling legend you know and and again he has his spot in wrestling history for sure but you know it's like Eddie of all the people Rey Mysterio gets the pass I think I completely agree and I get listen I get heated too when they when they because a guy's Spanish Mm -hmm. oh man Eddie Guerrero you're like no dude you don't need to do those three suplexes like stop that shit like kind of bandito kind of does that low-key a little too much for my yeah he does he did the little shaking yeah I like him so I (laughs) I excuse it a little bit but yeah yeah man Ray I agree he's keeping his buddy's name alive it doesn't I talk about even even Vicky oh sorry go ahead no, I talk about my friend Ken that passed away. I have a sign up in my shop for Ken. I don't do that for personal gain. I do it to honor his memory and yeah. so people will remember exactly. him. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Well, I think Vicky also had a, a little bit to say about it too, like about them just kind of it's like all right already. We get it. Like 
you know, Eddie Guerrero is tied to the Dominic thing. It's like, okay, it's somewhat topical. But I think when you're a Guerrero, like for Chavo, I could see that being, all right, it could be like just he's jealous. But also it might be legit. Like, all right, man, like you guys are not family. Like lay off, you know, like you're not one of us. And maybe he is a little salty. I can see where he's coming from 100%. But like with Rey Mysterio... I don't right, believe he's doing it for, mm-hmm. you know. And and yeah, not for and, nothing. Nobody else is there to rep Eddie. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like Chavo, not for nothing, but you can only do so much on Twitter, dude. You're not in the business, really. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Vicky's gone from it as well. So it's sort of like you, you could have his name, you know, forgotten, like all of the other, you know, stars of the past that eventually we're talking, making episodes about how people don't know shit about wrestling and need to watch up on stuff. Or you could have guys like legends like Rey Mysterio constantly paying tribute to the guy you know what i mean so that even current generations remember him we yeah, can make no a list we could probably make a list of the guys who um emulate eddie current day or, or like do the shake <laughs> yeah. or do the, yeah. the, the three amigos and i'm sure that um if there's like 20 of them i'm sure like three or four of them probably have quote unquote a right to be doing it you know yeah. like it's not even sometimes probably one that has even. a right but like, mm, yeah. it's probably three or four that we would be okay with, right? You know? like, yeah, exactly. I just hate when it's like a Latino wrestler. So they, let's compare it to Eddie Guerrero. It's like, no, yeah. stop! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If you compare every Canadian, you you know, to to Bret Hart. Like, it's disrespectful, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Right. Like, well, Eddie Kingston um has the name at least, right? So when he he has, he has the name Eddie, so you know he because he he, I've seen him do the. Uh, the Eddie G shake, you know, he's done, wow. he's done it as well. As he it just goes, oh, Eddie yeah, Edwards also <laughs> has the name Eddie. Does he get to do it? Yeah, that's true. Um, let's talk about Eddie Guerrero, though. Born, like we say, Gory Guerrero, son of Ed of Gory. And it's crazy because we talked about ECW and those guys getting their starts there. Some of the like Ray Mysterio psychosis give put Eddie in that category. Paul Heyman's ECW 1995. That's his first international claim to fame. And like we mentioned before, soon EB, Eric Bischoff was swooping in and he, he, um, you know, he chose some talent wisely back then did Bischoff. And you're talking about guys like D Malenko. We went, we went through the list on our cruiserweights episode, but the work that Eddie G put in on those nitros and in those WCW heydays, I mean, Frank, you fell in love with Eddie Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty quick. Right. Was yeah. this love at first sight though? Were you like one of those? Were you um, no, into you know, him right probably, away? No, probably not because like probably my earliest stuff with him was probably him brutalizing um, Ray Ray. Like when Ray Ray was new, you know what I mean? And like Eddie Guerrero getting a hold of him, stuff like that. I do remember seeing Eddie Guerrero um, going with Chris Benoit, you know? So like that stuff was kind of like sick. I want to see. Oh, this you didn't dude. see him as a good guy in WCW? Yeah, he was. He was a good guy oh, okay. against against Benoit and stuff like that. He was just oh, sort of so like a generic. You did see that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So like, so like the know, white the white singlet. Eddie yeah, G. exactly. Yeah. So it was like it was like I knew Eddie like that, and then I like the way my memory remind or like remembers it was like he was that Eddie Guerrero. Then he was like a little more lean and mean Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. like a straight heel. You know what I mean? Like that's where my brain like takes me and my Eddie fandom. But um, yeah. So like you know, I saw him early on WCW days at least, and uh, yeah. I just knew right away he was like a style. I like the way he wrestled. That's how I always judge everybody, though, if I like the way that they wrestle first and mm-hmm. foremost, you know, and like Eddie, obviously, 
is my favorite of all time now, but it was always because I liked the way he wrestled first, and he was like a Hispanic dude, so that that always helped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you like him as leader of the LWO? Like, did you like that like for him, or were you just get him away from I, that? I think I, I just think at that point it was just sort of like you guys are so helpless over here. You know what I mean? Like it would, it would have been cool if it, it would have been cool if it felt like that was going to matter, but it never really did at that time for me looking at it. It just felt like, Oh, this is cool. I always wish that there was a Puerto Rican guy in the group. And then it was just like, Oh yeah. Also this is just kind of extra shit on TV. (laughs) Yeah. Duke, you say with uh, Eddie G you as another guy, like you always sort of uh, didn't cheer against like you were, Kind of a big fan of Eddie, right? Early on. Yeah, he's he's up there. And it's funny when we do these things, like how you realize how much you do like certain guys. And uh, yeah, Eddie's up there for me, man. Like I liked him when he came in as like a baby face, but um, I didn't like dig him until he went bad. Yeah. Like when he like you mentioned, Frank, he got leaner. He got rid of the the upper thing mm-hmm. he just started wearing pants he got jacked eventually actually yeah. he grew the goatee instead of the hector greer special <laughs> yeah. um like he started to get an attitude um but like you mentioned like we like wrestlers and yeah. like if you haven't seen him and dean malenko and ecw treat yourself to that if you have peacock because those matches are incredible i mean we've we've talked a lot about dean um kind of underrated Mm -hmm. in our opinion but uh yeah eddie is um and a guy that never had a bad match man like unbelievable (laughs) never had a bad match they put him with every stiff on that roster and he never had a bad match Mm -hmm. yeah and when you think back to those wcw days i mean he was able to win the cruiserweight title twice united states championship so they were they were flirting with uh quote-unquote push they were flirting with like giving them some momentum. It's just so hard back then to elevate to the next, I guess, step when you have the giants. And uh, it's crazy because we talked about it on a couple episodes. Like if you just flip out Eddie Guerrero for Lex Luger in a match Mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, like you could have such an amazing macho man, Eddie feud, or just, you know, just imagine what Eddie could have been in WCW, but it wasn't until WWE where they really gave him the main event push it obviously yep. culminated in No Way Out, 04, one of Frank's favorite matches of all time. Right. And a great, a great match. I mean, a, an unbelievable moment because you had Eddie moment, Guerrero. Exactly. Beat. Yeah. Like right. that was the yeah, big so fever like, pitch yeah. crowd, like yeah. crazy crowd. Yeah. For sure. Michael, the only time Michael Cole was good at his job was the yeah, call I, of I Eddie Guerrero winning. Always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole calling Eddie Guerrero's title win. It yeah. does get me. I like it. I'm yeah. just glad he didn't ruin that moment compared Wait, to Wait, so you mean to tell me that Michael Cole has your favorite wrestler's uh maybe like biggest moment he's got the call and then my favorite one of my favorite Cody Rhodes, you know, he gave him the finish the story uh moniker. That's that started from Michael Cole. You can blame oh, him for the genius. finish the story thing. So Michael Cole. No, but with Eddie, um I feel like the stuff in WWE when you talk about obviously another guy that got to work with Kurt uh, got to work with Ray Ray. We mentioned the Dominic, the custody yeah, battle. <laughs> uh, still relevant today. So still funny. relevant today. Defeating Brock Lesnar, like we said. But he came in 
we just talked a bit about this on our stables episode with Dean Malenko, yeah. Saturn, Benoit, mm-hmm. the Radicals. And man, um, that's like four studs. And it's hard. I mean, obviously, Benoit and Guerrero were probably, uh, you know, the top two there that you would pick to be champion. But Eddie really, he broke off, you know, with the China stuff. Like he broke away from them and got the yep. personality. And those guys mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. yeah. They tried with Dean, but Eddie got the personality. Yep. Dude, like they well, still do it to this day with SmackDown, where they always put like the big like Hispanic stars on SmackDown just to try to get that audience. But like yeah. for several years there, SmackDown was Eddie's show. You know what yep. I mean? Like he was the king of that show. With you know, a few other guys in the mix to keep it going, like Kurt Angle Jibble. and yeah, Jibble, unfortunately. Batista. At the end, <laughs> yeah, but hey, that Batista. JBL feuds uh with Eddie G, I mean, I'm sure he'd be proud of it, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I bet you he'd be more proud he, if it wasn't his last. Yeah, he know, shouldn't. Feed, he he should have yeah. come out on top in that feud, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but whatever, right? You know, so like that. That that's how big of a star. Like I remember, um, the day like I met, thought like, man, they might give Eddie a shot. Was it was on Monday Night Raw, and he cut that promo on The Rock. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. this? The Rock was in the ring, and he cut a promo Vaguely. about that, having the his son having the poster of the rock in his bedroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, and it was just such a passionate thing. I remember where I was watching it. And I remember thinking like, man, they need to let Eddie go. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, that was like in a big moment, big stage moment with the rock, you know, across from him. And like, after that, you started seeing like that, you know, go in that, in that direction with Eddie where like he was getting more bigger, bigger opportunity after bigger opportunity. And eventually he became like one of the most over dudes in the company. For a few yeah, years, it's, it's like well, he has a very short window of being like one of the most over dudes they've had. You know what I mean? So it's it's pretty mm-hmm. epic. It really is, and and I feel like his relationship with Benoit is always it's talked about because I mean you got the dark side of the rings and stuff like that. But clearly they were we talked about you know blood not meaning your brothers, but these guys were brothers. They were tied together from Wild Pegasus and Black Tiger. Those those days in in New Japan, you're talking about like. 95 96 before then you translate all the way to 2000 2001 wwe they're together and then we got to see them um you know have that moment at wrestlemania 20 and celebrate together it was such a like a beautiful thing and eddie guerrero you know his i guess there's a thing about eddie g where i feel like his legacy and his name grew when he passed away not that he's not deserving but like they really done fans have done a great job like continuing to crown him would you mm-hmm. agree like yeah like wrestling fans have a lot of respect memories, man yeah wrestling fans have long memories and like yeah i mean he was one of the greats when he was around and now you know when people die it almost becomes like um you know like myth legend yeah yes, you know? yes. Like, yeah I think people, um, all due respect to Owen Hart, like Owen was never at the top of mm-hmm. the thing. And like, there's an Owen Hart tournament that's going to happen in AEW. And like, yeah. rightfully so. We loved Owen Hart previous to his death, you know? But um, I think sometimes like when you die young and you are very good, um, yeah, you're like legend kind of grows, you know? It's true because, like, I remember for even when Eddie was alive, and I would always say Eddie was my favorite wrestler. I've been saying Eddie Guerrero was my favorite wrestler since that shirt came out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, you know, like, so, like, 
even back then, you used to never hear people say that Eddie Guerrero was their yep. favorite. You know, now it's yeah. like a very common, you know, thought process. That a lot of people, yeah. and I'm and I'm glad. I'm glad it's worked out that way. You sure. know, he gets his flowers one way or another. But yeah. you know, like I remember always, be, people used to be like, "Really, Eddie Guerrero was your favorite guy?" You know, 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, it wouldn't now, be. You know, like yeah, that would be mm-hmm. that would have been um, a little obscure back then. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, you so, would have been one of the only ones. You know, but I'm happy for him. That would have been like Zern saying LA Knight is his guy <laughs> yeah. right now. And then in 10 I don't years, know, man. A lot of a lot of people may be saying that. I yeah, like Eddie LA G. Knight. You're the hater of him. <laughs> Not a fan. But uh I will say Eddie yeah. G the one uh, probably, you know, one of the like you said, one of the most magnetic personalities and to not name the rock. Like there's a lot of guys charisma wise that, you know, um, people want to put in that category with the rock, but Eddie G legitimately deserves it. And there's a lot of feuds and matches. I think back to, uh, I remember this like ladder match with RVD on raw randomly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, very fun. When he Nikki did stuff with the spot. Yeah. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. Um, was that? Cause she missed a couple of, I think he was always <laughs> yelling at her, you know, yeah. didn't we talk about that match before? And we always mentioned that one little goof up in it. Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about that? Oh no! You know what happened? I'm sorry. I, I just remember it was RVD and Eddie, and a fan came in the ring. Oh, that's she, what it was. Yeah, the oh, fan yep. pushes the ladder. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. I do remember. Which that, yeah. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But then yeah. you're talking about Vicky during the talk Ray about Ray. a dream yeah. match. By yeah, the way, exactly. Like, you're right. Holy you're crap. Right. Yeah. yeah, RVD and Eddie, amazing. The fan uh, and also pushes it over. Yeah, good. What a yeah, what a dummy. Um, but yeah, lying, cheating, stealing, all the things we we teach our kids. Eddie G's responsible <laughs> for that. Uh, the low rider, yeah. So such uh, great memories. R.I.P. to Eddie. Two thousand five, man. It's already been that Insane. long since he passed. Years. Two weeks before Survivor Series two thousand five, and then would immediately go into the Hall of Fame. WWE two thousand six Hall of Fame, and uh, yeah, Eddie G. You know, I feel like synonymous with Mexican heritage wrestling. Mexican wrestling. We have to. We have to obviously talk about uh, Eddie Guerrero, but. Uh, we're going to get out of here soon. I do want to bring up real quick um, just what you guys consider maybe a couple of the the best masks, maybe some of the worst masks, because the use of masks have been a constant in Lucha Libre since its inception. But what do you guys think of or a couple best and worst, if you had to say? Well, or at least you, favorite and favorite. How about that? I'll give you uh, my personal favorite, and it's been this for a while. Duke may even know, but and it's not the most simple mask of all time, but it's a La Parca's mask. Yep. I've always okay. been a mark for La Parca's mask. Anytime I see him, I'm trying to get him. And then We're another favorite. We're going to have to start uh, rotating this where like okay. you don't talk first all the time because yeah, yeah, you yeah. always take my <laughs> Well, La Parca's, you know, that's my favorite. Did you get me a La Parca mask, dude? Do you remember? I think you got I did. Me... Yeah, you got and me a mask. From Mexico? From Mexico, yeah. yeah you got I think me I something. Did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I ha- I only have a few masks, but like La Parca, I have like two La Parca masks, and then I have I'll let Duke go give a favorite because I don't want to steal your <laughs> uh my favorite is um La Parca and then um <laughs> yeah, surprise. Yeah and then Story. um I do like like just the simple ones, the old school, just simple ones like El Santo and Blue Demon. I like Mil mm-hmm. Mascaris a lot. Um a weird one that I'll give you. I don't really dislike a whole bunch, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't. I don't really want to go down that road. You guys can feel free, but a super cool one that is definitely not on your radar, but one I always really liked was Cybernetico. 
Oh no, Super Nickel's cool. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know what's one that's that oddball one that I like that um you never hear brought up, and it's and it's kind of a goofy one, but I just like it for some reason. Is a uh, Rayo de Jalisco's mask. Do you know that mask? It's mm-hmm. like a super simple mask that has a line, and then it goes like over to one side, so it gives like this weird impression. I of, have like, seen weird... that. Yeah, 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 I have seen that. I just like because it's like a black mask. It's just a yep. simple black mask with this. You know weird what? Line I may have even mouth. bought one of those in Tulum. That's funny. Mm. There you go. They were That's trying funny. to sell me like. You know, I'm a gringo. They're trying yeah, to yeah, sell yeah, me like yeah. Rey Mysterio. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, man, because yeah. they have all these weird ones. Yeah, yeah. I remember I bought like a Sin Cara one, um, or Mystico, I guess he was at that time. Mm-hmm. But what's your not favorite? A, oh yeah, sorry, but not a Mexican guy, but it's in immortalized in my car to this day is Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon, yes, Still sir. In, in my vehicle at this moment. I feel like we do have to mention Ultimo Dragon, yeah. even though he's not of Mexican descent, yeah, because exactly. Yoshihiro Asai tried to make it in Japan and he didn't make it. And he mm-hmm. went to Mexico and trained there and um became Ultimo Dragon. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like he couldn't get over in Japan. Yeah, exactly. And then he went there, owned his craft. The Mexico wrestlers, you know, helped him. And he went back to Japan and was like, F you. And then there's that, mm-hmm. you know, iconic oh. thing when he's holding the nine titles or whatever. Mm hmm. No, it's a tribute to definitely Mexican wrestling in general. To mention Ultimo, and I would I would agree that's one of the most badass masks for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on the old school, the El Santo. I think that that's the simplicity is cool. Blue Demon. Um, I, I I don't know how I felt about some of the ones where they've started to like integrate the things protruding out. Like I said, Psychosis was I I didn't hate it. Um, yeah. But uh, I think one of the ones I, I'm not gonna you know pick on Cyclope, but that one was a little. Silly. Yeah. A little yeah. ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, not my favorite. Maybe Max Mini would be in that group too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I do. Yeah. El Torito. I want to mention. Uh, so you talked about rabbit holes, Duke. I went down, you know, obviously trying to find some memorable luchador ma- matches that might have been a little obscure and under the radar. And I, I ran into uh, a Pegasus Kid Viano number three match, mm. which was pretty cool. That and cool. Uh, Ray Ray versus Psychosis from AAA. So they've been through it through all the years. Oh, yeah. You're talking about ECW, AAA, WCW. And uh, L. Senek. How do you say that? Senek? Kanek. Kanek. C A N E K. C A N E K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this this is a match. It's It's on the list because just it was weird to find this. He fought Andre the Giant. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, he, this... they did not to cut you off real quick about mm-hmm. El Kanek, though. They brought him back in during that 90s time when they brought in um the Mexican wrestlers in the WWF, like uh, around oh, that time. Remember? Light heavyweight? Yeah, Kanek was one of them. No, um, remember when they just brought in, like, they would just have him in for, like, six-man tag team matches and stuff? I don't know if you oh, remember right. that. Like, Kanek yeah, was one yeah. of them. Sorry. Interesting. No, I was just going to say, because this was um, days after El Santo passed and the mood was down and it was like a feel good moment was needed. So Andre fought, they they fought and it was like weird seeing Andre bump around and yeah. not a technical classic or anything, but mm-hmm. um, that's one that stands out. Was and I do want to ask, go ahead. Real, I, I have a question about that match. Was this like yes. at the end of Dre's run? Like when No, went- this was early. Oh, no. This was okay. 80, well, 80, well. No, it would be 84. So that's okay. a little like bit not when he was wearing the red. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I wanted to mention some matches before we get out of here. We'll mention some. I have an interesting one for you. And and guys, we didn't mention, we just mentioned the one. It was Ultimo Dragon. And, you know, obviously it's a Japanese guy made his name, but against Negro Casas in CMLL, I was watching a series of matches that they were having in like the early 90s, 93, 94. But good stuff. And Negro Casas is a guy who, another kind of legend of the time in CMLL, CMLL in uh, the 90, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, you know, who. Mm. We didn't mention on the show, but another guy who's done it all. I still think he's wrestling to this day. Wow. He's in his 60s. So Negro Casas is mm. another legend. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, we could go, you know, into obviously the WCW element of, of matches to check out with some of these great, uh, you know, Lucha Libre workers. But I think um, Conan, although a Cuban, you know, mm. American, I feel like uh, the stuff he did, there's there's stuff he did with uh ray ray in wcw they had like this mexican death match that wasn't really a, a mexican death match really but it, it rode wild 97 uh you might want to check that one out we mentioned eddie g and chavo some of their great work they had a hair versus hair match bash at the beach 98 la parka and Hoovy locked it up plenty of times ray ray and psychosis we mentioned obviously ray and eddie halloween havoc 97 that goes without saying and uh even Hoovy and blitzcrake who I mean, I'm pretty sure he's just an American dude under that yeah, mask, 100%. but but um, still a really good. That's match. It. That match is sick. I know, but this yeah. was super dope. I, I was he American though. I thought he was a Mexican guy. I'm sure he was American. I think he's an American. Uh, really? Jay Ross, yeah, Jay yeah. Ross is his real name. But he just so. stopped wrestling, which was super random, you know. But mm-hmm. um, and like we didn't talk about it, but like Conan tells a story of like him losing his mask and like the importance of like losing the mask. And he told the story. I think he lost the mask to Pedro Aguayo as well. He did. I've seen that. Um, match. Mm-hmm. But he tells the story and I, the way Conan told, I don't know how it played out because I never saw this finish. But he says he took he loses the mask and like he had this like there was this kid ringside who was like this big Conan fan or whatever. And like he goes into the ring and Conan has to give up the mask and he goes to take it off. And like in one of those powerful moments only seen in pro wrestling, as as he takes off the mask, the little boy runs up and hugs his face, it covers his face because he doesn't want the crowd yep, to see his that face. Did happen. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like true. you know, like one of those awesome. moments in pro wrestling, you know what I mean? That just and it shows the importance of what the mask means to these guys, you know. And I it's forget cool. what show it was that made me watch that match. I don't know if you guys remember, but I told you I ended up watching that match. That's funny, yeah. That actually mm, happened. Funny. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah, that's sweet. That's really sweet. It's funny, though, because Conan would eventually come to the defense of Ray Ray, Ray Mysterio, when Bischoff wanted to take Mysterio's mask in WCW. It was with mm-hmm. the Outsiders. I think it was Nash. But Conan actually um, helped Ray undo his mask at the end of the match in which he lost. And you could see, um, like, they were not happy. Like, this mm-hmm. was not a decision they were behind. And Conan took it very personally. He, like, really took uh, Ray under his wing, I think, and, like, looked at him like a little brother. And, um, but, you know, I've Conan heard... does deserve respect for, like, how he, like, he helped bring in a lot of these guys to the States yeah. from yeah. his connections in AAA and all that. And, you know, he obviously has still has the presence down there in the Mexican wrestling scene, you know. So, like, Conan's you know he's not mexican he's like an honorary mexican you know but he mm-hmm. definitely deserves a lot of credit for like getting these guys 
in specific spots, you know, when he was thought of as a top guy, you know what I mean? As a top free agent coming to the States, you know? So, you know, you got to give credit to um, Conan's uh, presence in Lucha Libre in the United States for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about um, just kind of quickly run through um, three modern, you know, uh, wrestlers, Mexican heritage, who uh, we, we could probably expect big things from. And then as we get out of here, we'll mention, quick fire some we didn't get to but um bandito roosh dragon lee a lot of hype around him these three guys look like they could probably um take it to the to the next level would you guys agree mm -hmm. no for sure and then and hijo del vikingo you know is another yeah. guy who's like making waves right now that you know, people are excited. It's not like my style of wrestling, but it definitely was something to see. Me and John yeah. Boy saw Commander versus oh. Vikingo live, yeah. and it's just like, whoa, look at these guys just like fly around, you know? So, you know, there's something there, there there's a good lucha libre presence in pro wrestling right now. And like obviously, um who who was the one that just signed with WWE? Um that's uh, I believe Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee, yeah, he's not yeah. so like you know. You hope that he goes over there and he's able to shine, you know, and like in WWE's, you know, little wrestling universe that they've cultivated, you know, because he's a stud. You know what I mean? Roosh and all these guys in AEW have they like they're just crushing it right now. So it's like I yeah, Commander. You mentioned even him. Yeah, he's Commander's got his... now officially signed with AEW. So like we're gonna see him walking on the ropes and flying around <laughs> a little bit more, you know. These guys, like, I feel like Lucha Libre is in a strong spot because I felt like it kind of had like a down period post WCW. The WWE is obviously never going to care about you. So it's like this weird limbo of like, how can we watch your stuff? But now that it's more readily available and these other companies are working with each other, you're seeing these guys and other mm -hmm. promotions. And it's like, it's fun again. You're seeing these guys. It's, it's exciting to see these new Lucha Libre guys. I just trust when I see a guy's name, I'm like, what's this guy going to do? It's going to be some cool shit, you know, so. Yeah, they bring in, I feel like with, um, you know, you mentioned Conan getting some props, but I do think you might want to give some props to like the Young Bucks, Omega, like they'll, they'll bring these guys in like Takeshita from, you know, they'll, they'll open the door mm -hmm. to the international and then, and especially that Lucha style, which the Bucks are obviously fans of. So yeah, they, they've, they've kept it going with the, with the Lucha brothers over the years. Um, so yeah, when AEW brings in these new guys, Duke, what do you think about Roosh, Bandito, Dragon Lee? I'm a big fan of Bandito. He's he's my favorite current um, Mexican wrestler. Him and uh, Santos Escobar. I also enjoy Santos Escobar because Santos is the name that Frank would give whenever <laughs> we would give fake names. That's true. So I always think of that. He'd be like Santos. True. I'm like, why That's Santos it. of all names? Santos. I have no idea. That is <laughs> but, true. Santos is number one for me, followed by uh, Bandito. But like you said, though, like Vikingo, like. He's not my cup of tea, but I enjoy mm. watching him still, mm. you know, like Commander, like, because they're <laughs> going to bring something crazy to the table. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. May not have ever seen before, you know, which once mm. again, in wrestling to say that, like, that's a big deal. I think when the styles clash, it's cool, like Commander, maybe and Vikingo, like having those matches um, maybe is not my favorite stuff. But if you put Commander in there with like maybe like a heavyweight, like a a moxley or something we might get some cool stuff you know they can work off mm -hmm. of each other's styles but i think commander I think... just fought jay white didn't he who was it with jay white it was like he super, did. It, it was, was like did. a yeah. super random matchup that i like you know what i mean yeah like, give me something rando like that i yeah. want to see yeah yeah and with roosh well, i think he's got this aggression Sorry. uh that's all right with roosh he's got this aggression and this 
this mean streak that I saw mm-hmm. him really uh, between him and Brian, they had a match and there was like a fire lit in Roosh. And it was yeah. cool to see mm-hmm. him bring this uh, sort of just toughness, this adrenaline. Yeah. And I think he can actually match intensity with some of these yeah, big boys. I think so too. That's mm-hmm. why I like Roosh. That's what I like about Roosh. Cause he's not like the typical like luchador, you know what I mean? Like he's physical. It feels like he's a tough mm-hmm. guy, you know, with some of these luchador guys, you, they lose that cause they're flying around a bit too much nowadays, you know, where Roosh doesn't have that, which I love. I'm with you. Um, let's do some quick fire. Some guys we didn't mention, you know, we can go one for one, or if you guys want to just jump in, if there's any, we forgot here, just naming some great Mexican wrestlers. We probably are going to forget 500 but it's you know it's tough to to fit them all in but do you guys have any that i did not mention or we did not mention that you'd like to bring up um i wouldn't call him sorry duke i wouldn't call him great but another cool dude that we didn't mention was damien 666 Mm. so you know Mm -hmm. in the 90s he just was he the greatest wrestler of all time no but he was solid he had a cool gimmick i guess he was evil you know and that was enough (laughs) for me and like uh yeah i just i always enjoyed him Super, especially in those J Cup days, I remember seeing him. And Damien used to like steal people's moves. Mm-hmm. He would call mm-hmm. out their name and then do their move, which I always thought was neat. Like no one really ever did that before. There's so many that we haven't talked about, mm-hmm. and it's just because like we didn't see them basically. Yeah. But feel free to comment and like tell us who your favorites are and who you thought we missed. But one that when I was getting ready for this and just um you know, going through and watching different Lucha Libre matches was a uh, shocker. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shocker, like yeah. He, he was a big deal in Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. He ended up going to impact for a time. Mm-hmm. I think it was TNA mm-hmm. at that time, but um, there's so many that we're going to not mention. We're talking about the guys that we grew up with that were experienced. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll rattle off just a few. You mentioned Hector Garza, there was Liz Mark Jr. Yeah, Liz Mark, yep. You know, who was another one of those WCW, you know, Nitros, we would see him. Um, I want to say on the more recent, you know, guys like Kalisto, Grand Metallic, they did good work. Um, it's tough in the WWE to really, uh, I guess, transcend that label of flyer, luchador, you know, mm-hmm. high flyer guy. They don't really do much with you. They don't yeah. put you in serious stuff. But uh, one I want to mention, uh, I don't want to go out like on a downer. I do have a cool one I'm going to give you in a second. But uh, Sin Cara, you know, he's kind of been synonymous with like botches. And it's it's unfortunate because like he had a lot of hype coming into WWE. They would do like they were trying to recreate another Ray, I think, for sure. Or at least introduce us yeah. to a new luchador. And it didn't work out. Um I think there's been more than one. Am I wrong? Because he, he yeah, there was because Mystico was the original Sincada who he yeah. was the super hype one, and then when he Unico. got fired, Unico yeah took over yeah. for him. That's when mm. he had the tattoo on his arm. That's how you can yep. always tell because he had the yeah, tattoo right. on his arm. <laughs> yeah. So where did Mystico? What whatever happened with Mystico? He he's went back Mexico to uh, yeah, went back to Mexico. Uh-huh. I think he's as Mystico again. Who okay. also has an all-time great mask, I think. Yes. Or a luchador mask. Mystico's mask was super sick. His name's different now. It's like oh, Mystico is it Zico or something oh, okay, like that? Yeah. He he changed it when he went back because I think there was, I think there was an issue about the name too, like the the parka yes. thing. Yes, it yeah. was like owned by the yeah. the company. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like La Parga was owned by AAA. So yeah. then he had to so go by to LA, Park. LA Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to mention S.A. Rios on the oh, way. Oh, I love uh, S.A. Rios. I'm glad you mentioned AKA. That. Papi Chulo. Oh, Papi Chulo. There it is. <laughs> Dude, S.A. Rios, too, helped put Lita on the map in the big yep. screen, on the big show, you know, yep. because she was Miss Congeniality in ECW. And then one day she's with S.A. Rios, you know what I mean? Yep. Random as Lita. And, you know, I think that she got him over a little bit. And he, oh, his, totally. style, his style helped her because, you know, he was a high yep. flyer. Dude, I remember um, S.A. Rios versus uh, Eddie Guerrero with Lita and China in their respective corners, yeah. you know what I mean, at a pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, like, that's how, like, how in the moment S.A. was. You know, I was yeah. super hyped on that match back in the day. So, yeah. Well, yeah. With S.A. Rios, um, that was during the Attitude Era. It was real tough to kind of get mm-hmm. any kind of attention if you weren't one of the big boys. But he, I believe it was the 450. I mean, yeah, it had to be the 450. It was it was, it was crazy seeing like that. Yeah, exactly. seeing that no, move. Oh did, no, I'm sorry. It was the moonsault. He did a moonsault. Yeah, it was yeah. my bad. Crazy it was a beautiful moonsault. Beautiful mm-hmm. moonsault. One of the best. Dude, yeah. he was so yeah. good at the in those years. You know, it's yep. it's kind of a shame that he just like fizzled out, and then like Alita goes on to do bigger things, and he yeah. just goes away. But uh, he was super cool, man. And like, I obviously yep. was like Rios is my family's last name, so like I was mm-hmm. instantly like, who's this dude? You know what I mean? But then he, but then mm-hmm. he was he was super cool. Mm-hmm. Well, he was you know Agula, Agula yeah. in uh, Agula. in WWF, so he would mm-hmm. fight uh, Taka at WrestleMania 14. And mm-hmm. if you guys want to see a show stealer, I mean that was really good stuff, uh, especially and it could transcend. You know, it could be it could be on TV today. But yeah, shout out to Sa Rios. And, you know, this has been fun. It's tough to mention them all, but uh, if you have any in the comments or if you want to just talk about maybe some some impactful Mexican wrestling moments that may have happened at CMLL or AAA, obviously let us know. Tell us your favorite, maybe who are the best from the uh, Mexican wrestling world. Um, yeah, I feel like one interesting thing, it's a weird way to kind of end it, but I just thought it was very weird. We mentioned Vampiro, El Vampiro, Canadian, saying just how like, an, well, he was Canadian, but like some of the American guys they can get over. It was weird if you ever see Mark Jindrak's success mm, in mm-hmm. Mexico. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. It makes no sense. Marco Corleone, <laughs> is that what he went by? There? Marco Corleone. Yeah, 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 Marco Corleone. Like another soap opera star, like he was over yep. there doing his thing. It's just funny. It's but crazy yeah. what's hit, what hits with certain, you know cultures you know what i mean because a lot of those yeah. mega stars just didn't make it here but same Dude, thing stan japan, hansen right? in japan how, how yeah, weird is yeah exactly i yeah. mean you can stan rattle hansen. them off in japan mm-hmm. you can name giant bernard and yep. oh great yep. one matt True. bloom you know like so many yeah but yes eddie guerrero the guerrero family ray mysterio you know you go back to el santo blue demon there's so many what's your favorite mask let us know in the comments also let us know Episode 50 coming up. What do you want to hear us talk about? We're taking some suggestions. It's a big one. We want to hit it with an epic episode. It's coming up soon. Next week, though, we'll be talking about Backlash 2023. WWE presenting that. WrestleMania Backlash. uh, Puerto Puerto Rico. Rico. Yes, sir. Yep. We're going to have Cody and Brock. I mean, the card is... uh, yeah, card spectacular. Is spectacular. <laughs> Another big WWE show. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll exceed our hype. It'll exceed our uh, our we'll level see. right now of intrigue. This is we'll my see. advice. Just get some good food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go in with no expectations 
and take it for what it is. And you'll have well, they're presenting it like a super show in Puerto Rico. Like it's well, as this if, is you your know. problem. You're buying into this. <laughs> Just get yourself some nice food. <laughs> Park in front of the, you know, put your feet up and just take it for what it is. All right. Well, I'll take that advice. This has been fun with the East West Connection. Mil Mascaras down there doing his thing in the mask. Uh, This has been No Sold. Can you say that's the bottom line? Because No Sold said so in Spanish or not? Sure. That's the bottom line because No Sold said so. Arriba. (laughs) 